The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So what do we learn about former US President Donald Trump's actions on January the 6th, 2021 yesterday? Well, we heard evidence that he knew his supporters were carrying weapons to Congress, that he wanted to personally lead the armed mob to the Capitol, uh, that he physically assailed this senior Secret Service agent who told him he couldn't do that. He expressed support for the hanging of his own vice president and he mused about pardoning the rioters. All of this coming in testimony from Cassidy Hutchinson, who was an assistant to the then White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows. So let's just, before we talk to Marion McKeown and Cal Thomas, hear extracts from her evidence. Here is her account of a brief journey Trump made in the presidential limousine on the 6th of January, when the car was been driven by the head of his security detail, Bobby Engel. So once the president had gotten into the vehicle with Bobby, he thought that they were going up to the Capitol. And when Bobby had relayed to him, we're not, we don't have the assets to do it. It's not secure. We're going back to the West Wing. The president had very strong, a very angry response to that. Um, the president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, Sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, Sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel and When Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. Okay, let's hear another piece of her evidence. The aftermath of a bad-tempered meeting in the White House, a meeting that had been called to discuss an interview given to the AP News Agency by Attorney General Bill Barr, in which he said there was no evidence of the election fraud that Trump claimed. I left the office and went down to the dining room And I noticed that the door was propped open and the valet was inside the dining room changing the tablecloth off of the dining room table. He motioned for me to come in and then pointed towards the front of the room near the fireplace mantle and the TV where I first noticed there was ketchup dripping down the wall and there's a shattered porcelain plate on the floor. The valet had articulated that the president was extremely angry at the Attorney General's AP interview and had thrown his lunch against the wall, um, which was causing them to have to clean up. So I I grabbed a towel and started wiping the ketchup off of the wall to help the valet out. Um, And he said something to the effect of, he's really ticked off about this. I I would stay clear of him for right now. He's really, really ticked off about this right now. And just another couple of quick extracts. This is from a deposition to the January 6th committee played at last night's meeting in which she recalled a conversation between the White House Consul Pat Cipollone and Trump's Chief of Staff Mark Meadows on the 6th of January. Some quality not great in this. I remember Pat saying something to the effect of, Mark, we need to do something more. They're literally calling for the Vice President to be effing hung. And Mark had responded something to the effect of, 
you heard of Pat. He thinks Mike deserves it. He doesn't think they're doing anything wrong. And one more, also from the deposition interviews, in which she said Trump wanted armed protesters to be able to attend the January 6th rally. I was in the vicinity of a conversation where I overheard the president say something to the effect of, you know, I, I don't effing care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Take the effing mags away. Let my people in. They can march to the Capitol from here. Let the people in. Take the effing mags away. Carl Thomas, the Trumpers are out already trying to undermine the credibility of Cassidy Hutchinson, saying that these things didn't happen, that she's making it up. Uh, But the likes of Mick Mulvaney, former White House Acting Chief of Staff, out today saying, I do not claim to know her well, but I found her testimony eminently credible. What did you make of it? I find it eminently credible, too. I think those uh, people who are trying to defend uh, President Trump It'd be like trying to defend uh, Gieselin Maxwell, saying that uh, somehow she was uh, uh, lured into this and it was no fault of her own. Look, character counts, Matt. If somebody who has good character, you can make all kinds of accusations against them and they don't stick. But when you have the uh, record of Trump's uh, behavior, not only with women, not only with ex-wives, and not only while he was in the White House, and the way he demeans other people in word and deed, I think there's a lot of credibility. Now, there, there are a few problems with her testimony. Uh, two broadcast networks, ABC and NBC and Fox News, have said that their sources close to the Secret Service have told them that Bobby Engel, the lead agent of the presidential limousine and SUV driver, are prepared to testify under oath that neither man was assaulted and that Trump never lunged for the steering wheel. Well, that's kind of minor stuff compared to the weapons business and the removing of the magnetometers and all of these other things. Uh, I'd like to see the full transcripts. They were heavily edited, as were the videos. But I think uh, from what we heard, uh, there's no doubt that uh, uh, this woman, uh, Cassidy Hutchinson, uh, had firsthand knowledge of a lot of this stuff. See, Mary McKeown, that struck me as a little bit odd, the idea of Trump lunging for the steering wheel, because I thought there would have been a sort of um, a screen between the drivers and where Trump would be sitting. Well, there is in what's known as the beast, which is the the main the car that the president uses for, you know, all his big events. Uh, but apparently he was in the an SUV, a bulletproofed SUV that day, uh, presumably because it was such a short run between the White House and the Ellipse. Uh, and that's how he was transported. So, yes, he could have reached from the back seat of the SUV, I assume, and, and made a lunge. Uh, look, I, I think I agree with Cal. I think that this is... Just to put into context, Tony Arnado, the, the uh, deputy chief of staff who told her about this, uh, who, who, she, I, who she says relayed the entire incident to her, he was really close to Trump. He was formerly head of his Secret Service detail, and they became such good friends that Trump wanted to keep him on. And so he basically said, OK, you're becoming Mark Meadows, deputy chief of staff, you know, even though he had no political experience, even though. And that was how Trump worked. Like, if he liked you, you were, he was going to make you whatever he wanted to make you. So I imagine that Ornato is not very pleased because apparently he's still very close to Trump that this has all come out. Is it possible? Look, they're saying that they will testify under oath to say that this didn't happen, both he and Bobby Ingle. I say, let's see if they do testify under oath to say that that basically Hutchinson made this up. I found her enormously credible. And also, just a word on her background and why it took such courage. She is anybody who gets an internship in their early 20s 
parties in, you know, um, usually comes from a very well connected Republican or Democrat, if it's a Democrat or donor family, you know, that they're, they're very immersed in the whole political culture of whatever party they work for. She worked for Steve Scalise, who is one of the most right wing people in Congress before she worked for Meadows. She also worked for Ted Cruz. You know, this is not somebody who like this is a woman who is deeply, deeply Republican to her fingertips, who believes in what Republican the Republican Party believes in and who was very proud to work for Donald Trump. And she knows now by doing this that her life will never be the same. She will be ostracized from all of those people and, and that place where she was a central part of what was going on. And so many people have come out and said, including two of Trump's former press secretaries, look, she was everywhere. Wherever Mark Meadows was, she was. And I think just for the listeners, the, the White House, when, when she said it's small, it is tiny. It takes about 30 seconds to walk from the press room to the Oval Office. That whole corridor is a rabbit hutch. And although it seems like there are a lot of offices, it's very, everybody is very very close to each other. I think that, as Carl said, the most serious thing about this for Trump and the biggest implications are not him throwing his food at a wall, which is in keeping with his toddler tantrums, but the fact that he knew that there were armed people who wouldn't come into his rally because they would have had to check in their arms and he still sicked all of them on the Capitol. He said, go to the Capitol and fight like hell knowing these people were armed. And that, to me, also the connection between um, Trump and the war room, that he was making calls to the war room, to Giuliani, um, Roger Stone and Mike Flynn. Stone is very connected to the Proud Boys. He used them as bodyguards. And Flynn also worked with the Oath Keepers. And then Giuliani telling her um, four days in advance, look, Cass, there's going to be, you know, the January 6th is going to be the big day. It's obvious, I think, to anyone now, objectively, that this wasn't a spontaneous combustion on January 6th. This was planned. And this was planned in the Oval Office. Uh, Cal, I, I agree that this whole thing about the car and whether he lunged or not or throwing his food around, actually, while it makes for a lot of drama, isn't necessarily particularly important in the greater scheme of things. But again, going back to what Mulvaney has been writing today for C for USA Today, which is interesting, he says what might be far more important is that it looks like the January 6th committee members believe they have evidence that people within the Trump operation have attempted to intimidate witnesses. That and as he says, any way you slice it, that's obstruction of justice. Could that be where the Trump campaign and the supporters could be in trouble? Yes, it could, Matt. And I think uh, obstruction of justice is a very serious crime. I don't think it, it is a serious crime. I'm hoping that uh, the Trump brand will fade, especially after the midterm elections. Uh, we had some primaries yesterday in the U.S., uh, I think in eight different states, uh, Trump endorsed candidates, won a few, and he lost a few. But there are so many other people who are tired of trying to relive the last election and want to move forward. They see this as uh, an opportunity with the economy being the way it is, foreign policy, all of these other things. And they, they're just tired of it. I'm certainly tired of it. And I think an awful lot of other conservatives are as well. But it's then not why, going to change sorry, anything. Yeah, but why don't they try and seize back the party? There's a listener here who asks the question, of you, Cal. Why does the Republican Party no. continue to champion Trump? Well, I think so, she says, surely, I mean, surely the reputation yeah. and future standing of the GOP in American society outweighs no. their fear of losing face by not standing by their man, says this listener. 
Well, I agree, and I think that's why a lot of people, including some conservatives, think that Cassidy Hutchinson did a very uh, rare and very courageous thing. Uh, I, I just, uh, I agree with you, Matt. I, I just think that the Republican Party is in, in very difficult straits. Nobody wants to challenge Trump because he has such a solid base. If, uh, if somehow that base erodes, and if more people begin to come out and criticize him and say, let's move on from that, then I think uh, you're going to see other other candidates emerging. Uh, but I do think, as I wrote uh, about 10 days ago in a column, that if the uh, January 6th committee is headed toward a criminal referral to the Justice Department of Trump and some of his associates, and if the Attorney General Merrick Garland goes ahead and files criminal charges, this is going to be a very, very serious thing for our country and politics, because when the Republicans take over the House and possibly the Senate after the next election, they are going to go after Joe Biden, his relationship, business relationship with Hunter Biden, and this is going to be a circular thing that continues to go on and is not really going to improve the lives of average Americans. What do you make of that, Marion? Or, or should it be that because well, this is so important, it has to be addressed, that America shouldn't be fearful of tit-for-tat reprisals, that it's got to deal with the truth of what happened on the 6th of January? Uh, look, yeah, I say, look at what has been unearthed so far, that Trump did not believe he knew that he had lost, okay? It seems he was advised by multiple lawyers, by analysts, by close aides, by advisors, that he had lost the election. You know, the, the, and not only that, but he was trounced according to both the Electoral College and the, the popular vote. He lost by over 7 million votes. So notwithstanding that, he tried to enforce a plot at state level. He tried to enforce a plot at Department of Justice level. He tried to bully and intimidate numerous people. And then then he, we have, of course, the January 6th rally and, and the knowing that people were armed and, and highly dangerous and it was a really inflammatory crowd exhorts them to go to, to, to march on the Capitol. So I think that the Department of Justice, you know, they don't need a criminal referral from the January 6th committee. Uh, Merrick Garland can indict and investigate whoever he wants. He's the Attorney General. Uh, I think he's in a very difficult position in that if he does criminally prosecute Trump, which I think he should. I think the evidence is ample that Trump was involved in, in a slew of crimes and with criminal intent, then I, I think that it will definitely incite violence in America. Okay. But if he, if he doesn't, then what, where do you go? Trump is allowed to do this again, presumably, and he has won. Thank you very much, Marion McKeown and Cal Thomas. We have a listener here who says, you're so biased when it comes to Trump, you're not even hiding it anymore. I don't think I've been hiding it for years. Uh, sister says the Secret Service has already said she lied and will testify if asked. Well, the reports are sources saying that the Secret Service will say that. Let's see what happens. But it's not necessarily the important thing anyway. And this listener also said, you also never mentioned Biden falling off his bike last week. We did. We did talk about that. But you know what? There is absolutely zero equivalence between Joe Biden falling off his bike and Donald Trump stoking insurrection against the democracy he was elected to serve and then which he failed to be elected to serve again. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.